Hey everyone, this week on the podcast, I talked to Tara Keller from Foodlink in the days leading up to the big Festival of Food event at the Rochester Public Market next Monday. We talked a little bit about the history of the event, uh, Foodlink's mission in the community on the side of the big events, and a little bit about how Tara started at Foodlink and some of the places she likes to go around the city. Apparently I found a foodie and similar to myself in a lot of ways. I hope you guys enjoy and please go out to the Festival of Food next Monday at the Public Market. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. I really appreciate the help, and uh, thanks for listening. Hey there, everybody. I'm here with Tara Keller from Foodlink. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's kind of a scorcher outside. I'm glad we're inside in the air conditioning. I think I'm a terrible Rochesterian for saying that. I almost rather it be winter than this. No, Rochester think they want it cold when it's hot, and they want it hot when it's cold. So yeah, we don't know what we're never we want. Happy. <laughs> no, no, we're never happy weather-wise, and pretty miserable most of the time otherwise. <laughs> So we're, what, four or five days away now from the big uh, Food Link Festival of Food. I have that right, right? Yep. So we're a few days away. How are the preparations going for it right now? Well, if you look at my office, you would think a tornado came through, but everything's going really well. <laughs> it's just putting the final touches on a bunch of details. Um, honestly, if they said we had to move the festival up tomorrow, I could do it. So we're in a good spot, and we're really, really excited. I was going to say, I mean, that's really the best position to be in where you don't have to rush at the last minute. Everything's set, and you are you, know, you don't want to be rushed that day because there's enough to be rushed about, I'm sure. Oh, yes. There's there's always small fires to put out day of, but fingers crossed, nothing's too big to handle. Nice. So, personally, I haven't been to the festival before. I've, I've heard a lot about it. Um, for those who haven't gone, like myself, um, what can we expect to see at the festival? Absolutely. So if you've ever been to the Rochester Public Market on a Saturday or Thursday, every spot that you see a farmer, um, you'll see a restaurant, a winery, a brewery, a specialty shop, a bakery, um, et cetera, et cetera. And they're all locally owned or independently owned. There's no franchises. Um, you, it's from 6 to 9 p.m., so the market is strung with lights. There's jazz music playing. You enter, you receive your bamboo tasting plate and your wine glass, and it's just endless tastings for the night. So you stop at each table, say hello to the chef or the owner, whoever's representing the organization that day, uh, sample what they have to give, and if you find a favorite, you can keep going back for unlimited samples. It's, it's wonderful. I say it's the best $50 meal you can get in Rochester. Yeah, I don't see how you can't get your money's worth with that many uh, that many people contributing. So, how many people actually? How many vendors are there uh, on a year to year basis? Absolutely. So, uh, this is our tenth year, and I, I guess I've been saying it a lot lately that we've finally gotten a name and we're noticed in the the um, community because. This year, for the first time, we've had vendors that we didn't reach out to because if we mailed every single independently owned restaurant or foodie, we would go broke from postage and it wouldn't be a beneficial 
fundraiser for us. So we actually had a handful of vendors reach out to us to sign up that we didn't think to reach out to. Uh, we oh, that's had awesome. two vendors sign up today. So we're at 125 vendors. 125. That's on, amazing. On average, the most we've ever had is 100 at the festival each year. So we've essentially increased it by 25 to 30% this year. So we're super excited. I actually had to take out seating areas that we have stationed throughout the festival to fit all the vendors in. So it's going to be jam-packed and more food than ever. That's fantastic. I mean, that's really an astonishing amount of contributors to an event like this. I can't think of anything that's that big, especially food-wise. I mean, it's truly food and cuisine-focused. We've always said that it's the biggest tasting event in Rochester, but now I can definitely put my stamp of approval that nothing can can beat this one. Um, It's just... We're a food bank. We're a food bank, so everything we do is food themed and food focused. So it makes perfect sense that our largest fundraising event of the year is a tasting event. So you said ten years. Uh, how how did this event get started for Food Link? Do you... um, well, it was before my time, but there were <laughs> it, tasting events started popping up around the nation, and a few food banks had done them. So I knew that we brought it to Rochester. Um, My executive director, Tom Ferraro, was working with, I want to say it was Michael Warren Thomas because his radio station, Savor Life, and the festival was originally called Savor Rochester Festival of Food. It was just a few years back that we rebranded it to make it smaller because there was the taste of Rochester and Savor Rochester, and they were commonly confused, even though they're very different. So we branched away from Savor, even though I would say you would still get to Savor Rochester at the event. Um, in 2008, we took a year off for our 30th anniversary and did a culinary competition food fight at the Armory. That was just a one-year event to celebrate our 30 years here in the community of Rochester. That sounds awfully cool, though. It was cool. I I wasn't. I started right after it, so I, I don't know exactly how well it went. But the following year, in 2009 at Festival, we actually brought the, the culinary cook-off component to the festival which it was really fun but it was a little too chaotic and too much going on yeah everyone wanted to make sure to get their fill of food so no one was stopping in to watch the competition so we nixed that and we're just solely focused on making sure everyone enjoys the evening and gets enough to eat and drink yeah it's not like there's a lack of things to see no although personally i'd love to see a food fight i mean it's something i know is going on in buffalo a lot right now with uh nickel city chef and uh you know other places are doing a lot of them so yeah. It's a, just a cool idea. It's so cool. My goal is to be on Chopped someday. So oh, I can't get enough of Chopped. <laughs> I really want to have a basket with you know tang and halibut and My capers fear is and something. I have to fillet a whole fish. That I would be bad at. But yeah, everything I else I could handle. I, I don't butcher fish. I'm, I have no problem <laughs> having it there, but I don't have the particular knife skills to do that Agreed. on a regular basis. I agree. Yeah, it's something my fiance loves is seeing a whole fish. Anything close to the animal, oh, she she dies for that stuff. The branzini, or however you pronounce it, here is delicious, and they're one of our vendors this year as well. So. See, I have I have to have some branzino. Yeah, branzino. It's, thank it's one you. of those. It's also one of the uh, sustainable fishes on the uh, on the list, which yeah. something I'm trying to focus on personally is if I'm going to eat fish, I'd like it to be as sustainable as possible. Right. Absolutely. Um, going back to Food Link itself. Uh, I know you know many people are familiar with it, but what what is what is Foodlink and what are the general goals of the company? Absolutely. So Foodlink is one of the 202 food banks in the nation. There's a food bank to service every county in the United States, which a lot of people don't realize. Um, and a food bank is essentially the the wholesaler of the emergency food 
uh, system. So we receive donations from retailers, manufacturers. We also purchase and we also receive USDA commodities. And then we redistribute that food to a network of agencies, agencies being emergency, which are soup kitchens and uh, food pantries and homeless shelters. In addition, we also do non-emergency nonprofits, which are the group homes and the daycares, which allows uh, them to allocate their food dollars towards their mission and spend less money on food. Um, we have about 450 agencies in our 10-county service area, and they serve about 200,000 individuals each year. Wow. That number has increased in the past five years that I've been with Foodlink. So our throughput has also increased. In just last year, we closed out at 12.5 million meals, which is 16.4 million pounds of food wow. in our 10-county service area. That's really impressive. So is this – I'd been to the other – Location, I think it's it was over in the 19th Ward. Exchange Street? Yeah. Yep. So we moved to 1999 Mount Reed Boulevard uh, December 2011, and it was just the, the building was donated at Exchange Street, and it was great, but it was a 100-year-old paper factory with a single freight elevator, and when you're moving millions of pounds up and down yeah. four stories, it wasn't the most conducive to our operation. So we've been here almost two years now. Um, it's allowed for our operations to grow. We've also taken on an array of other programs because we believe that um, hunger is a symptom of a bigger problem. So we really tried to get to the root causes of hunger. So um, job training, nutrition education, uh, food budgeting, and those types of things we also focus on here at Foodlink. Yeah, and that's as critical as ever right now because there are good foods available at reasonable prices. You kind of just have to know how to find them and what they are. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time. It does take a lot of time to really become familiar with it. I mean, it's as easy as, you know, yesterday my, my fiancé bought some cashew butter. It was Jif cashew butter, and it had, you know, you know the uh, hydrogenated fats in it. Like, we didn't want that. But unless you read the label, unless you knew better, you'd say, oh, it's it's cashew butter. It's peanut butter. It's this and that. There's so many little pitfalls to fall into. Oh, yeah. So that all goes back to the whole farm bill and the type of commodities that are subsidized for farmers. So it's the corn and the wheat and the um, barley, cotton still in there, even though it's not a food. And so that's all just pennies on the pound, and that just yep. gets pushed through um, the, the shelf-stable products um, in most of the grocery stores. So it does take a lot of education on making those nutritious decisions and knowing how to read a nutrition label and knowing how to read the ingredients. And we do that at an array of our um, cooking and nutrition education programs that we have. And also, speaking about affordable food, this year we launched the Curbside Market, which is essentially a farm stand on wheels, and it hits up 26 different locations throughout the inner city of Rochester, That's really fantastic. focused on those food deserts where if you went into a corner store, you're not going to buy that rotting apple in the corner because <laughs> the, the bag of Cheetos seems so much more filling, and it's the whole paradox of um, obesity and um, hunger that it, people are eating, but it's just those empty calories. So with the curbside market, we've uh, distributed thousands and thousands of pounds of local fresh produce. Another big effort just through our whole food bank operation is last year we distributed three million pounds of produce. Wow. Half of that, one and a half million pounds of that came from local farmers. So we've really cultivated relationships with the farmers. Our goal is to continue to be their customer and hopefully that keeps them sustainable and keeps people employed in our, our local farms because we're in an abundant agricultural culture okay, community yeah. no i mean upstate new york is people forget about it it's one of the most dynamic growing environments in the entire country i mean we, we can't grow everything you know california does but right. 
we're a huge producer of apples and corn and all these other fruits and vegetables. Yep. We have some of the best soil in the entire country, and people forget about that since you know, we have New York City. I mean, we're an awesome agricultural. Agreed. And actually, last school year, it came to our attention that Wayne County schools were serving Washington State apples. Oh, jeez. That's depressing. We they had shipped out so many. The, there was the apple drought last year, so that was sure. played a part in it. But we, we didn't find this acceptable, and we had a great uh, partnership with Orbaker Farms in Wayne County. So we purchased a bunch of those apples. And at Freshwise Kitchen, which is our kitchen over on Joseph Avenue, which normally produces 3,000 after-school meals through our Kids Cafe program and mm. summer meals program throughout the summer months for Rochester children. In addition to that, they do value-added processing. So they took those apples, sliced them, peeled them, and vacuum-sealed them with just a little bit of citric acid. Sure. And those were being distributed to, I believe, I want to say eight schools in the Wayne County district. So that was really exciting to bring Wayne County apples back to Wayne County children. Absolutely. And it also gets them, if you're telling them, it can get them engaged in the process a little bit. Say, hey, these things are coming from where you are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if, you know, some of the things are out of reach for some people, the high-end organics and stuff, but a lot of local farmers sell a lot of food at exceedingly reasonable prices, cheaper than you can get in a grocery store and at great quality. Agreed. So it's you just have to get people. I appreciate that you're getting people involved in the process because it's something that's very important to me personally. You know. Yeah, the local food effort's a huge, a huge thrush for us as we um, gear up not only to be just a. F- a food bank, but more of a food hub where we're aggregating local product and getting it out to not only our emergency agencies and our non-emergencies, but also universities, uh, corner stores that I mentioned. There's a big push to make those more healthy. So we're we're working with Citizens Bank on a grant process, a pass-through grant process to hopefully get them the equipment they need to actually get fresh and local produce into their stores and out to the the consumers because we proved to them that there's a market with our curbside market and our farm stands. I think a lot of people are desperate for it. Agreed. And they don't want to be eating what they're eating necessarily. And when there's options, I think a lot of people want the good option. Absolutely. Um, so can people find out about this on the website, I assume? Oh, yes. Uh, most of our, all of our programs are on the website. It might not have all the information you want. So you can always uh, contact myself at tkeller at foodlinkny.org um, or give us a call at 585-328-3380. We have a plethora um, one of my coworkers just calculated, and we have three dozen food-related programs, which is huge. Absolutely. So going back to the uh, going back to the Festival of Food event uh, again, um, what are some of the vendors that are going to be there for the event? Some of your signature vendors, I guess. Okay, so I will take this in two parts. Last year, <laughs> each year we have a best taste competition, mm-hmm. um, and it's. Uh, the past couple years, it's been a panel of anonymous judges who are at the festival critiquing on various aspects of the, the dishes served. Um, we had four judges last year, I want to say, or five. Five, and local foodies sure. that they've, they've earned their titles to be judges at the event. This year, we because of so many vendors, we have 12 judges wow. that are dividing and conquering because there's no way one person could get to all 125 vendors no, and absolutely take not. time to really taste the food and critique it. Um, so we have 12 judges. We're super excited about it. Um, so going off of that, last year the best taste winners were Moonlight Creamery from Fairport. We had... Um, yeah, great people over there, too. So nice. They're so wonderful. And their salted caramel. So I don't even like caramel, but I like oh, their salted it's, caramel it's ice cream. Um, th- for restaurant and caterer, it was Max Rochester. Sure. Um, and this year, they're... 
executive chef last year who won it um, for them is now the owner of Brick and Motor Food Truck. He's going to be there. Um, yeah, so Paul's another great guy, yeah, and he's uh, he's guy. a dynamite chef, and I I can't get enough of that. I just too. love his obsession with pork; it makes me happy. <laughs> oh, every every time it makes me happy. Um, so, and then last year, the other winners were um, for non-alcoholic beverage. It was Opa Originals, which they sell in Uzo soda. There was also a tie. I can't remember who tied. I want to say it was Chef Lerman salad dressings tied with them. And I'm forgetting. Oh, and then um, Naked Dove Brewing won alcoholic beverage. Oh, so very cool. Those are the returning champions this year here to defend their title. Um, longstanding supporters are Lento Art Rogers. He's a huge supporter of Food Link. We're so thankful for him. Mm-hmm. John Erlob and Roarbox, they've been to every single festival, um, a staple. Um, it's it's endless. I could keep naming and naming people. Uh, <laughs> Hedonist Chocolate, Affair to Chocolate, both great chocolatiers. And now Hedonist this year is serving their, their artisan ice cream. So Moonlight Which, Creamery is going yeah, really to really have to bring their A game <laughs> for the ice cream. Absolutely. Um, also popping up are all the distilleries locally. We have Black Button Distillery, which they aren't up and running yet, but they're serving a maple syrup, which is the same maple syrup they're using in their bourbon, so we're real excited about that. We have the McKenzie's from Finger Lakes Distilling bringing mixed cocktails. Just around the corner, Ladestri, they've now gone into spirits, so they're bringing their Mew, I want to say it's called, or I may have mispronounced it, so I apologize, Ladestri, if you're (laughs) listening. Um, So we have an array of wineries as well are upstanding red tail ridge is a partner of ours they have a charity wine where a portion of the proceeds of good karma a white wine comes back to benefit food link so they'll be oh, there cool. in addition to to endless finger lakes wineries wow it does sound expansive i'm really looking forward to uh to seeing the whole spread i mean it's the public market's amazing on a saturday to begin with but where it's just filled with food and wine and you know drink vendors just sounds spectacular I can't wait. Someday I'm hoping that I'm not planning it and I actually get to go and enjoy it. But Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> um, so going to going to your background, how, how did you end up working at Foodlink? Oh, boy. That's a, that's a story. So I went <laughs> to college for forensic biology and biology. So, of course, working at a food bank is logical, perfect sense. Right, right? logical it's progression. step in life. Absolutely. Um, no, I was just finishing up college at SUNY Geneseo, and I had some time, so I volunteered at the American Red Cross Rochester chapter. I was there for about a week, and they called me into their office. I was working in the development department, and I thought they were going to tell me, Tara, you're the worst volunteer we've ever had. (laughs) But instead, they said, our event coordinator is quitting, and we want you to fill in temporarily until we find someone because we have an event in two months. So I said, okay. I don't know what I'm doing, so guide me. It was a very successful event. It was they. I think they generated the most revenue from that event compared to any other year. And I kind of sat back and it was like, it's not often that a job just falls into your lap, especially when you have no experience in. Right. So I I jumped on it, and at that same time, Foodlink was uh, hiring an intern for Festival of Food. So I started five years ago as the Festival of Food intern working under the, the events manager at the time, and now... I am the events manager, but between that, I've, it's a running joke at Foodlink that my title changes every few months because I'm on my <laughs> seventh title. I've had the opportunity to work in operations and and development and events and community relations, volunteer management, et cetera, you name it. I've run the gamut here, so I've been very thankful for the opportunities, and, and now I'm, I'm back at planning events and really excited about this year. 
I was going to say, I think the that kind of cross-training is kind of invaluable. I found that, you know, I'm my day job's engineering, so I found that people that go through cross-training really understand the business from top to bottom. I think there's a lot of value in that. And job security, I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so going more into what you're, what you're looking at, um, what are some of your favorite places to go in the city for food? Oh. As someone who's obviously a food lover. Oh, I'm... Myself and my coworker here dubbed the food brats of Food Link because someone will come in and be like, I had the greatest meal here. And we're like, oh, really? So I, I hate doing that, but it's always in my sometimes head. Sometimes I have, well, when someone says they had the, their best meal at Olive Garden, I will probably make a comment. But <laughs> Olive Garden is a great franchise. I'm not knocking franchises. Um, my all time favorite restaurant is Good Luck. That is my go to sure. restaurant. Um, they always say they won't do festival because a part of good luck is the experience of being in good luck, and I completely agree. Pulling the food out of good luck would still be delicious, but I see why they don't do it. So we are very thankful when they uh, Chuck and Dan went ahead and opened Cure right at the public market. Right, it's so a great location. Cure is staying open um, throughout the festival. You can wander over to do tastings there. They're oh, also cool. doing um, uh, a VIP cocktail hour for our sponsors and some of our big donors as well. Um, so on the opposite side, obviously we talked about nutrition and cooking at home a little bit. Do you cook at home, and what are the things you like to cook at home? Oh, I love cooking. My favorite thing to do is to go to a restaurant and say, I can do that better, and then to go home and try to replicate that. So It's always I, a challenge. Yes. I I don't cook by recipes. I eye everything. I wing it. And I would say if you ask anyone who I cook for, they would say I'm a fairly good sh- good cook. I'm still getting into baking. My <clears> KitchenAid <throat> mixer is phenomenal, but I it's the, the timing in the oven I still need to perfect. But anything on the stovetop or the grill, I'm, I'm fairly okay and comfortable working yeah. with. Yeah, baking is challenging, at least for me. I don't bake much, so it's it's definitely more of a science than an art, and you really have to know how to do things properly. I agree. That involves measuring and following recipes, which is something I don't like doing. So <laughs> that's probably <laughs> why it's not my strong suit. Um. So just getting back to the festival, uh, wrapping things up, um, uh, how many people do you expect to be there this year, and how many have you had in the past? Yep, so on average, it's about 1,100 to 1,200 people. My goal this year is 1,500. I mean, this is the year where we have the most vendors, we have the most sponsors. Our Facebook and social media has, followers have skyrocketed, so we're really getting out there, and it's really, it's so far super successful. You just got to wait till night of. Hopefully everything goes perfect. So <laughs> my goal is 1,500 attendees this year. I think that with the number of vendors we have that's still a comfortable number there won't be too many lines or yeah. too many crowds throughout throughout the venue yeah i think that's it's a it's an impressive number but i think it's one that you know with the social media with facebook and not sure if you're doing twitter or not but you know we are our twitter was hacked and we just were able oh, to geez. get back into our account today that's the worst luckily it was linked to our facebook so it's been there's been tweets but just we haven't been able to follow all of our vendors and right. tweet them but we've been trying to do as much as possible on facebook 
Yeah, because it, it's such a big thing nowadays. People communicate almost exclusively through there. Absolutely. I mean, we got vendors and sponsors through Twitter just tweeting out there. People called in to sign up, which was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I found personally it's it's the best way to get a hold of people because it's, it's just chatting actively and live. Mm-hmm. And everybody sees everything live. And it's kind of, you know, the timeline aspect works out really well. It's the best place to get the news these days, I say. It really is. Um so how can people chip into Food Link at other times of the year other than, you know, going to the festival? Right. Well, first let's plug the festival. I Tickets are on idea. sale. $50 in advance. 100% of the proceeds go to Food Link. So it goes directly to our operations, whether it's purchasing more produce or other uh, protein staples that we need or funding some of our programs that I've talked about earlier. Um, that's available on our website through Friday, September 5th, 13th. Um, and then available at Wegmans through Sunday, and then at the door, the door, um, <laughs> meaning the entrances of the public market for sixty dollars day of. And it's I everyone I talk to, Rochester's a last minute city and always waits to see how the weather holds up. But when you're under the sheds of the public market, if it's sprinkling as it has many years, oh, sure. it does not affect a thing. So buy your tickets, please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in addition to that, um, year-round, we're always taking volunteers. Uh, we have about 5,000 volunteers a year that clock over 30,000 volunteer hours, so without that, our operations couldn't function. Um, we also welcome food drives, food donations, monetary donations, events where a portion of the proceeds benefit us, um, and then also just advocating on our behalf. September's Hunger Action Month, so it's a big spotlight on hunger and we have a 30 ways and 30 days calendar of just small things and small steps you can do to support your local food bank and really make um domestic hunger a known issue very cool and i'm assuming we can find that on the website as yes, well foodlinkny.org <laughs> um i guess the only other question i had was um uh how, how is foodlink supported normally i mean obviously you have volunteers do you have you know, corporate sponsors or other people actually supporting the business? Absolutely. So Wegmans is our biggest sponsor across the board. Um, Poundage-wise, they give us millions of pounds a year. They support our Kids Cafe program, and they give us other funding. They're also, this is the third year, they're the title sponsor of Festival of Food. Um, New York State food banks are very lucky to receive, all of, all eight of us receive a grant through the New York State Health Department, Department of Health, um, that is essentially, that's what keeps our lights on and the gas in the trucks and every um, warehouse worker um, working to move that food to those emergency agencies. But we have a full-time grant writer. We're constantly writing grants um, for our various programs. Most of our programs are very sustainable now um, through our grant efforts and just changing the business models a little bit. Um, and then it's also public support. We, we do six or seven direct mail campaigns a year. We have Festival of Food, and then there's Checkout Hunger, the point-of-sale campaign that comes up this fall at Wegmans and other various retailers, which um, is a huge, huge contribution to our efforts. <clears throat> well, that's all very interesting, and I uh, I hope people do pay more attention to it. It's a, it's a great cause, and I'm really looking forward to checking out the event. It sounds like everything I could ever hope for. I hope it is. You have to give me your feedback after. No, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, thanks for taking the time to talk to me, Tara. And um, good luck with the last-minute fires, because I'm sure there's going to be a couple. Thank you. Very few, hopefully. <laughs> hey, everyone. Chris here again. 
Hope you guys enjoyed that talk with Tara Keller. And please go to the Festival of Food next Monday at the Rochester Public Market. It's a great event for charity and should be an amazing time with a ton of great food and uh, drink vendors. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and please subscribe on iTunes and leave a comment. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear you back next week.